This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Anif Baharuddin and you're tuned into GG Well Played, BFM's video game show. One of the most highly anticipated CRPGs in recent years has just been released late last week and that's Baldur's Gate 3. Maliki joins me into this show to give his quick thoughts on the game 10 hours in. My immediate impression of the game is uh, ooh, amazing, I would say. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, amazing, but you've played the game since its early access release, right? So yeah. uh, what's, what's the difference between the full launch and the early access? So, okay, I think the, the early access, when I started playing the early access, um... It's pretty much what I expected it to be. And I expected Baldur's Gate 3 to be very similar to your likes of uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. So essentially for those who are uninitiated, Divinity Original Sin 2 is a CRPG game. Essentially it's almost the same game um, or style as Baldur's Gate 3. Um, and it's made by the same studio. And one of the main reasons why Wizards of the Coast went with... Um, Larian Studios because of um, Divinity Original Sin 2 mm. so I played that game as well I think that was a good game it was a fun game um, so the early access to Belgium's Gate 3 felt similar to um, DOS 2 but the iron the, the, the thing that I kind of like am taken back by is when I played the full game of Belgium's Gate 3 it felt okay it's been a while it's been a, a few years if you will <laughs> um, since I played the early access Uh, I haven't touched at the early access um, this year at all. So um, when I started playing it a few days ago, it felt very different from the early access version. The main difference is I feel like it's a lot more accessible. So for this particular playthrough that I started, um, I've got three options. I can play as um, an exploration thing. Basically, it focuses on just the storyline, um, not that difficult. They also give you a bit more tutorials. And then the middle um, difficulty would be balanced and the hardest would be tactician. So I chose the easiest difficulty just to see how it goes. And I think the playthrough is a lot more, I'm not sure whether because I'm uh, I, I'm changing the settings there for the difficulty, I don't think so, but the whole layout is slightly different. Um, it feels a lot more welcoming especially for people who are new to the genre and i have to put this very big clause i think this is an awesome amazing game but this game is a game that you would need to take a time and read and see what you need to do because it's not your typical hack and slash you're not just dropped into this world and then you can just like slash everything up you have to go through it by by that slow pace lah Mm. And and considering the nature of the game, I assume that it's not too casting driven either, right? So um, I think hmm, this is this is a bit difficult. How to how can I put this right? So when I personally think about a casting, I'm I'm a thirty something year old man. So casting to me mean a lot of different things, right? So when we were growing up, and if games like um, uh, Metal Gear Solid had some casting, right? And yeah. the casting is very different from your gameplay um, and then when I guess games like um, Mass Effect kind of changed the scene a little bit right Fallout they started to get cutscenes 
with the actual gameplay characters, whatever you're wearing is in mm. the cutscene. And then I guess nowadays like Horizon, God of War, whatever, you get those kind of cutscenes. This game have those kind of cutscenes everywhere, right? Every single conversation that you do have those kind of cutscenes. But you don't have those like very cinematic driven cutscenes that Blizzard is great at. You don't get that. But yeah, I mean, cutscenes like whenever I converse with a character, then then I would have those kind of cutscenes. Like, essentially, the cinematic cutscene is only in the intro, I would say. The rest, I guess, would be very lightly sprinkled across the game. But 99% of the time, you're, good, you're just going to be playing through quote-unquote cutscenes with when you ever have a conversation with another NPC mm. and there's a ton of conversations that you have with NPCs. Yeah, but expect to be reading a lot as well. Well, actually, um, the narration is 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 quite huge. The only bit that is not narrated to you is your character. So whatever your character is saying is not narrated to you, but the responses, the acting, the the whole thing is is um is narrated by the NPCs and this is to me is extremely amazing right um when i installed the game the game is 129 gigs mm. big right on my pc and i was like oh this is huge i got to like make sure that i have enough space and i have so but i was wondering like 129 gigs um what are the like assets, um, assets yeah. would be i would imagine it would be a lot of videos but no it's actually i think a lot of um a lot of just like voice acting and the voice acting is great and in Baldur's Gate and i think if you guys are if our listeners are lit up uh, have played um D&D as well there's a thing in D&D Dungeons and Dragons where people can use speak with animal a skill called speak with animals right and Baldur's Gate is very heavily based off Dungeons and Dragons and they do have that skill and I I wanted to know the first thing that I wanted to try was that and I tried speaking to like random animals and when you turn that skill on your map is suddenly full and filled up with like animals like you would think there's a lot of NPCs but actually there's like a rat there's a bug there's a cat whatever and you can try and talk to these characters these creatures and they will talk back to you like Yeah, I I I had a, 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 an argument with a squirrel <laughs> and we had to like settle on where I can step and where I can't and and like these are the crazy things that the squirrel is voiced out by by the VOs. I'm I'm, I'm I I tip my hat off. I was floored by that, yeah. All right. Okay. So, um the game is very different. The game is accessible. But what's the experience like so far? I mean, uh, in terms of in terms of the gameplay, you mentioned Divinity Original Sin 2, um, a game that uh, was created by Larian that essentially like a, you know, to some extent like a pitch that they got them mm-hmm. the job, right? Because mm-hmm. I think um, Wizards of the Coast was pretty impressed by by that game. What was it like so far gameplay-wise, you know? Um, I mean, you spent 10 hours playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is pretty impressive considering how busy you are and, and considering that, yeah, you only have 48 hours to, to actually yeah, do that. Um, so what's the gameplay like uh, in terms of in terms of yeah, the experience and whatnot? I think um, the experience, if you were to compare it to Divinity Original Sin 2, is a lot more um, tame. Uh, it's a lot more welcoming for newcomers. But also... If you don't know what you're getting into, it's not one of those games that you can easily pick up and start playing. So I think if I were to talk to a normal gamer who plays action RPGs, right, I can easily suggest them to start playing God of War or Horizon without them knowing at all what God of War or Horizon or games like that 
like entails, right? They can just start and then walk around and know what to do immediately. Um, with Baldur's Gate 3, it's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot more um, complex, mainly because there's a lot of choices that you have to do. You have to be very aware of what... I mean, like, you, you have to literally go back to your childhood days where you start to, like, be extremely explorative. And I think that's the bit that a lot of people are taken aback by. So, essentially, things like making sure that you've actually looked into every single crate, every single box. And if there's a door that is locked, rather than just like, oh, this door is locked, I can't get into it. Rather than just doing that, they actually would reward you in trying to figure out how to get that door open. Either literally by brute force or by lock picking or whatever. So, and things like that, I think, is is slightly less... Um, accessible for some people but again I think if you give it a bit of time try out the easier setting and then look at the whole story as in like read and listen to what the characters are saying listen to what you're being hinted at then then you would be you'd be rewarded quite greatly and your experience I can say for a fact would be very different from your friend's experience if you guys are playing like um, like um you guys are playing simultaneously but on different like uh not not play multiplayer games mm. then then you'd notice that your gameplay is very different i i would imagine because i've actually been on reddit and i've actually seen like reddit threads and now i actually floored by how different what i did to get past that particular place and versus what another editor did so i can tell that this game is huge mainly because there's so much options there's so much things that you can do and yeah, I would imagine like a, b- a big game like that would, would you know, use up the same dialogues, the same voice lines over and over again, but they don't. And the voice acting is great. And yeah, my favorite voice actor or actress in the whole series would be the narrator of the game. There's a narrator that narrates everything. The narrator is really against you. <laughs> so yeah, interesting game. There was Najma Maliki sharing his thoughts on Lirian's latest epic taken from Wizards of the Coast's franchise, Baldur's Gate 3. Let's take a short break. More after this. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharuddin. Jamal Maliki joins me this week to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. He hasn't completed the game yet, of course, but he is here to share his immediate thoughts after spending close to 10 hours so far. Let's continue the chat. Okay, so you mentioned accessibility and of course that has some also something to do with the fact that um, it's, a, it's a different kind of genre, right? I think and, mm. and um, it's a popular genre but at the same time a genre that I think a lot of people are not as familiar with. Um, again, um, if you are interested to find out more about what CRPG is, you can listen to one of our older episodes that actually discuss what the genre is, uh, which is, yeah, pretty cool. Um, but going back to the game, uh, and again, uh, using the similar theme of um, talking about accessibility, this is Baldur's Gate, a franchise that that first appeared uh, in the video gaming world uh, in 1998. So I think, yeah, that's, that's quite quite a long time, right? Uh, obviously, there are a lot of different iterations of the game, you know, um, different sequels, multiple sequels. Um, it was initially developed by Bioware and Black Isle Studios. Um, now it's under Larian, and this is the third 
iteration of the game um, do people need to do people need to know the Baldur's Gate franchise well in order to be able to get into this game and to some extent do they need to also be familiar with the tabletop Dungeons and Dragons franchise or law or the world to be able to actually play Baldur's Gate 3 considering I mean it's it's I'm sure a lot of listeners a lot of gamers out there you know considering the hype would want to consider getting into Baldur's Gate 3 but can they get into Baldur's Gate 3 considering that is the third game in the series yeah I don't think you need to be um familiar with anything so the way that I was floored by and surprised pleasantly by um, with Baldur's Gate 3 is the um, I guess the way why, the way how they assume that you don't know anything about the genre or Baldur's Gate so they assume that you haven't played Baldur's Gate the, the, the first two iterations and it's very loosely tied to the first two uh, titles and um, D&D itself Dungeons and Dragons itself the whole game is really built around uh, Dungeons and Dragons but even if you don't have any experiences playing Dungeons and Dragons it's not going to be super weird for you you can just immediately understand the mechanics and yeah it takes some time it will take you some time to actually understand even if you have experience with Dungeons and Dragons it might be slightly different here so those are the things that you might need to like Um, kind of like expect but in essence it's still extremely um, fun even for people who have not played Dungeons and Dragons or Baldur's Gate or even veteran players of Dungeons and Dragons or the old Baldur's Gate this is an extremely um, interesting way of of, of of doing things and I think um, it can fit into the build of most gamers Like general in general, either you're a tabletop gamer, or you're a um, a casual couch gamer that plays only on your uh, consoles. Um, this is a definitely definitely good pickup for any forms of gamers who is interested in gaming. Yeah, just sit back, take your time, learn, and 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 yeah, see where it takes you. And I think yeah, it's it's that accessible for me lah, at least. Yeah. Okay. Um, any tips and tricks for for gamers who are interested to get into it yeah okay so i think for me um, as a tip that i can actually give um, i feel like it's it's good enough um is this sounds like a very boring tip but go on to youtube and look for like basics of um what do you need to do before starting off the game right the beginner's tip this might be great if you are still on the fence so you're not too sure whether you should get the game or not because The tips and tricks on YouTube usually will cover the basic parts that you are not used to. So one of the things that that I find extremely interesting, right, with um, how Baldur's Gate 3 um, is handling, because the, the Wizards of the Coast, creators of Dungeons and Dragons, really want to put Dungeons and Dragons into video games. The issue with that, obviously, there's a lot of issues with that. Um, but uh, one of the main issues would be like, how do you use up the um how do you use up things like mana because you don't have mana uh in, in in dungeons and dragons what you do have is like action economies right so um or what are action economies essentially these are things like um you can only do five spells in a day if you will um and these are the things that in my personal view extremely hard for a lot of people to kind of like wrap their heads around because when we play a game usually we have like 
bullets or mana or whatever that you can spend, right? And then that thing will like regenerate itself and then you can like do more of those skills or that shoot the arrow and stuff like that. For Baldur's Gate, it's mostly you literally going back to camp to sleep, which is in D&D called a long rest. And I think these are the things that you would pick up on the beginner's tips. And you can look at this and see for yourself whether it's something that you actually are interested in. And if you're not, I would really, really recommend it. Just, just you know, give it a try. Because I think the mechanic is really different from your typical ARPG, action RPG gaming style. And it is extremely interesting because you, this is not one of those games that you can actually just, you know, put on a podcast on the background and just uh, chill and play. It's one of these games that you actually have to like really think about in combat and outside of combat. I can give you a very simple example, right? So I looked up at, at Reddit and how to like get around a particular pack of goblins, right? So I I wanted to see how other players did it because I failed once and then I had to redo it again. When I redid it again and I and I basically hired one bear and two giant spiders to help me out. Then I realised that a lot of people had to like do sneak attacks and then like some of them just use one of the characters in the party to kill everyone. I, on the other hand, didn't do much because I had this bear and two giant spiders and the only reason why I had these two bears and giant spiders is because I got a one of my rogues to lockpick the cages and then sweet talk these animals into siding with me and I didn't do much. They did a bunch of the, the, the damage and then I thought, yeah, I thought that was the way how you get around the whole goblin area but apparently some people do something and like some people actually, you know, um, convinced, persuaded some of the goblin leaders to not attack and stuff like that. So there's a lot of like very different playstyles and I think uh, uh, coming from like a lot of very famous ARPG, action RPG games, you know, all the uh, point and shoot, all the hack and slash, you would want to do point and shoot and hack and slash in Baldur's Gate as well. And I would say 99% of the time, the goal or rather the best way to do, um, to go about the game in Baldur's Gate is like trying to talk yourself out of it, trying to not fight and not fighting actually helps you a lot. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun take as well because like, if you can just like, you know, negotiate with an enemy, why not? And yeah, you get to really feel and live the, um, I guess, role-playing part of a game. Either you want to go full evil, want to go full politically lawful, you can do everything, man. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a game that's very unique in that sense that, that, that perhaps you know, different people will have different uh, experiences, right, depending on their play style and how they mm. they truly want to play the game. Um, mm. Sounds very unique, yeah, but at the same time, I feel like it's, yeah, a genre that is still pretty underrated, uh, but I think it's just that, yeah, we're, you know, I think a lot of gamers out there are pretty much more exposed to the typical action RPG, especially these days when, you know, action RPGs are becoming a lot more mainstay, right? You know, Final mm. Fantasy 16 has, has, you know, and to think of Final Fantasy as one of those franchises that used to be turn-based, turn -based, used to popularize turn-based, but now, yeah, even they have decided to, to go into the action route. Um, yeah, a game of this nature sounds very enticing also very different compared to the kind of games that a lot of gamers are more exposed to I suppose to a certain extent I know you're enjoying it so far but apart from I guess you know having fun uh, still discovering the game are there any 
red flags or any negatives that you've observed so far in terms of from you know from technical point of view gameplay so um i think there are three main points that i've been like keeping in the back of my head that that yeah um i think people should know so one of the first main point for me is um We are. I'm so used to <laughs> good graphics and like wow, everything is like awesome and stuff. Baldur's Gate Three try to do a lot of things, and it is an impressively beautiful game. If you have an imp- impressively beautiful machine, but if you don't, I don't have a beautiful machine. I mean, like my machine gets me by, so um, it struggles quite a bit with slightly older machine, and it does not perform extremely really well. It's not a super well optimized. Game, I think they are still trying to optimize it um, as we go along. Uh, they did work with Nvidia, so maybe with an Nvidia GPU, might be your 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 mileage might be better. But it does have a lot of stuttering in terms of FPS drops. Um, it does have a lot of pop ups. The textures are not super nicely implemented all the time. So again, um, might be my PC, might be um, other things, but. I do notice that a lot of people are complaining about the same thing as well. The graphics is awesome when it's awesome, but it's not all the time awesome. I would say like 70% is great, 30% you still have frame drops, you still have like pop-ups and stuff like that. Um, That would be one of my nitpicky thingy. The second nitpicky thingy that I have is um, um slightly, I guess, less in terms of like, I don't know how do you want to rate this, but I did not know that this game is going to be... Um, not super safe for work kind of thing. So they do have um, uh, some nudity and stuff like that. So um, that's something that we I, I, I didn't expect at the start. Um, uh, yeah, and the last would be the controller's point. So when I play now, nowadays when I play games, because I do play a lot on my console, um, when I play games on my PC as well, I usually would play with my controller. But... The controller support for Baldur's Gate 3 is really bad. So it actually was like interesting for me because initially when I heard about the launch dates, it would be launched about a week or if I recall correctly, about two weeks after the PC launch, they would launch it on PS5. But now they've pushed it back for about a month. So the PS5 launch would be sometime in early September. I think the earliest date that you can play is 3rd of September. And some people are saying that <laughs> this is a way that Microsoft wants. Oh, sorry, no, Sony wants to get back at Microsoft because Starfield is going to be launching on the same date. Da, 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 da. I'm not sure. I am in the in the um, group that says because they are trying to f- better the controller settings. But even for reviewers, when they are like playing this game, they actually got the kind like advice from uh, Larian to actually play with the keyboard and mouse even though you can play with controllers Larian would prefer for the reviewers to actually play with keyboard and mouse and I think um, that that speaks volume because the game is not so um, awesome with the keyboard and, uh, with the controller which is, which is slightly sad it's okay it's not too bad it's okay I've tried it with key, uh, controller as well it's not too bad but um, yeah because there's a lot of things for you to do there's a lot of things to click on to yeah Um, it might be not super controller friendly. We'll see because they're, they're still rolling out updates. They're still rolling out hot fixes, um, and of course, the console launch for PS5 is only is going to be on like only in early September. So we still have a few months left to go. Also, I think it's only launching on PS5 only for now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, but but these 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 negative points they're not. Deal breakers yet They're not ruining yeah. The experience lah 
Yeah, so I think, yeah, it's like one of those niggly, nitpicky things that you, we do to things that we love, but it's yeah, it's quite good, let's say. Alright, so I think you're going to continue playing the game. Uh, what are your expectations moving forward in terms of the overall experience? Um, so far, it has been largely positive, but yeah, what do you expect moving forward from this? And, and you know, before we actually do, eventually do a review on it, on the game, mm. you know? I think um I want I'm expecting a lot of playthrough a lot of play time um and also a lot of playthroughs so um as you can imagine this game have like 12 classes 45 subclasses like that's that's a huge amount of things that you can do and each class that you play brings a different play style brings in a different um uh, outcome altogether like I would imagine my first playthrough and my second playthrough would be extremely different if I can get through like multiple playthroughs. I'm looking forward to do that. Um, yeah, so I am imagining. I'm just looking forward to and hoping that that this game just gets better um, because of the whole gameplay plot, but also because of updates and uh, and patches that they're going to uh, launch. Um, I do hope that they don't do a lot of like micro transaction or, or or DLCs that updates the game just by a tiny bit and then you have to pay for a huge amount of money for that. I do hope they don't go down that route. I don't think so. So far, it feels like they're not going to go there because when they launched the early access, I think they launched with six classes when I started playing. And the full game allows you to play with 12 classes and all of the classes are like super duper in-depth. Um, so, that, for example, the Druid will have like three more subclasses, and um, yeah, it's it's extremely uh, in depth. So, I don't think they will do DLCs after this. Um, I'm just looking forward to to really playing this game for a while, and I guess a, a hot take, if you will. I think that Baldur's Gate Three might be your next like Skyrim, like one of those very um, key. Like, like one of those big games that people talk about in years to come and still play in years to come. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, judging by the scale, yeah, it definitely might be. But but um, do you think uh, because of its slightly unique genre, do you think it will have that that kind of staying power as well compared to Skyrim? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite hopeful and I think it would. I might be wrong here. But so far, I think... Um, the reception has been great not, not just by like normal typical fans of CRPG but also like um, general gamers that I've hear, heard from so I I might want I want to put my money there lah, and say it might be as big as Skyrim <laughs> regardless uh, of the genre yeah. alright and on that note thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and yeah hopefully we can have you on again to talk about the game uh, once you finish it yeah excited too Thanks, Anif. You're tuned in to GG Well Played and there was Najman Maliki sharing his impressions of Baldur's Gate 3. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my. Our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find our podcast on Spotify. Do share our thoughts and the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at bfmradio. My name is Anif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.